When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. The one guy that I know is going to succeed is Foskey. I don't know how he cannot have success. He could be our next Cam Jordan. Uh, he has the same measurables like Marcus Davenport, and Marcus Davenport is hell when he's well, but he's hurt all the time. Well, this cat is not hurt. He always plays. And we're back on Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowak. Speaking of always playing, I'm here. Steve Geller's here too at Steve Geller WWL. Check it out. Although I, I do have to tell you, so on Monday's episode where we used the draft special, um, Colin spelled your name like Sarah Michelle. Oh, G-E-L-L-A-R. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's something it's I'm cursed with. It's G-E-L-L-E-R. Geller. Geller. And we're talking about Foskey, a guy who I will say already some very good player development. He learned how to say New Orleans the right way, which is good because he came out hot with the New Orleans. <laughs> um, and within three days, he was like, oh, crap, it's New Orleans. Well, now yeah. we're going to have to see his crawfish abilities compared to like uh, Jamal. Jamal Williams. Yeah, because yeah. he's been taking a, a ton of heat on online. Throwing barbecue sauce on crawfish. Like it's just. <laughs> Like it's just gr- like I wouldn't put barbecue sauce on any kind of crustacean. Like, would you put it on like crab or shrimp? Ugh. I like. Would you put barbecue sauce on like a like a fish stick? Like that sounds gross to me too. Like the barbecue sauce on any sort of pescatarian option <laughs> just sounds gross. I guess if you really want to mask that taste, put that barbecue yeah. sauce on. But it's like eat something else. Yeah, maybe crawfish isn't your thing then. But yeah, the Tyron Matthews face when he put it on there was like, I've never <laughs> yeah, seen someone more sure. more justifiably disgusted in my life. Uh, and that was a good good job by the Saints media crew over there. That was good stuff. <laughs> I just appreciate it. It was like, it's already seasoned. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> um, but yeah, so we're, we're not talking about uh, bad food takes. We're talking about questionable sports takes. And so Bobby is big on Isaiah Foskey. Not a huge fan of Brian Brzee, but... We Maybe he'll come around. Yeah, they should have just kept shy Tuttle. That's what he says. Um, but he does like Isaiah Foskey a lot. And he compares him to Cam Jordan. And I don't hate that comparison. It's a lot to live up to, especially considering he's a second-round pick. Cam was a first-round pick with a top-10 pedigree, right? Like, like we heard from him in the last segment saying he expected to go in the top-10. He ended up going 24, which is a pretty far drop. But you still, like, had really high expectations for him. So much of what Cam has done has been tied to his availability. And he talked about Peyton Turner. And one of the big issues for Peyton Turner is 
just hasn't been available enough. And when you hear Cam talking about that, it's like, yeah, okay, he he's the one I'm I'm going to listen to because he's done that as well as anybody. Just be freaking available. And you know, if if he if he wasn't an Iron Man the way he is, his career would be viewed a lot differently. Stupid um, COVID season, you know, that made him miss yeah. that one game. And then that eye injury, he didn't want to sit out. Dennis Allen really made forced him, him to. Yeah, the doctors made him. Yeah, and it was like, but, I'm sure it was like, dude, the record's not a, a, an issue anymore. Just sit out. But yeah, so, you know, they're both West Coast guys, right? Like the Isaiah Foskey is a California kid too. You should have seen where he was. I mean, if you go and you watch the Zoom interview uh, after he was drafted on the same YouTube page, it's like, you know, I was distracted by the beauty of the background, which was like, was like, where are you? He was like, oh, this is my backyard. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, so, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. You're, they're both very high character guys. They're both team value guys. Dennis Allen was saying like his character grade was so impeccable that they didn't even really have to talk about it. They just watched the tape. And so that's a big comparison, but I can see it. It's not something you expect him to live up to in year one. And this is the take that really kind of flies off the table from Bobby. I almost say right now that with Foskey, they're going to plug and play him. I'd be surprised. I'm going to say at least nine sacks plus. I'm saying because what he did in Notre Dame, this catch the all-time leading sack getter in Irish history. Nine plus sacks in his rookie season. And now just to kind of pin the bow on the Cam Jordan comparison, right? Cam Jordan who I think came out of the tunnel ready to play, he had 31 tackles in his rookie season. He had one sack in his rookie season. Right. It's a pretty, I mean, even in year two, he had eight sacks. Then year three, 12 and a half, and he hasn't had fewer than 7.5 in any season since. Nine sacks as a rookie is a heck of a number. What do you think about that, Steve? Yeah, immediately when Bobby said that, my eyes kind of popped out of my head, just not because I think it's out of the question, but to put that high of a expectation on your second round draft pick to me seems a bit far fetched. And I know we, you know, you dove deep into those numbers of the history of, you know, guys at that position being drafted and what they put up the rookie year. And, And there's not many. I think it was, what, 12 total that had nine and a half or more sacks? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the easy way to look at it would be how many rookies have had double-digit sacks. And if you go back to 2010, you're not, it's not arbitrary. Like, that's almost, that's 13 years or 12 years of NFL right, football. We're, we're dealing with the modern-era NFL here, for crying out loud, right? Right. Like, the further you go back, the least relevant it is. Like, we're sure. talking about comparing – Football in the year 2023 to football in a year that's that looked like that. Um, so, like, a lot of sacks get taken away now because there's a penalty, right? Like, think about how many more sacks there would be in the NFL if you could land on the player. You can't do that anymore. And every time that happens, a sack gets wiped off the board. And then it's not only not a sack, it's a first down of 15 yards. So, like, going back to 1995 where – you could basically murder the quarterback and get away with it. And it doesn't really add up. Right. Um, But so, yeah, if you go back to 2010, there have been about 12 players. So Alden Smith has the record for rookie sacks over that period of time with 14. And that's not even a great indicator that this is going to be a really good player. Cause Alden Smith fell off the map real quick, but he was really good as a rookie. Micah Parsons also had 13 sacks in his rookie season. If you go back to 2002, Dwight Freeney had 13. 
2018, Bradley Chubb had Bradley Chubb. Bradley Chubb had 12. Was Parsons during a, a 17 game schedule or no? Because I know the other games. guys aren't. 16 games. Okay. The yeah. only person on this list who's played 17 games was Aiden Hutchinson, which was last year. He had okay. nine and a half sacks. So, I mean, that's what you're comparing Isaiah Foskey to. Like, you would say, like, Aiden Hutchinson had a really good rookie season. Was he number two overall? <laughs> and you're saying that Isaiah Foskey is going to be that guy. <laughs> I really like Isaiah Foskey. I've been tooting the Isaiah Foskey right, horn right. about as loud as anybody. That's a lot. I mean, I guess it's kind of to, like, maybe overcompensate his disappointment in the, the, the Brazil pick. So it's like now Foskey is going to overcome and be like, like he's saying, the next Cam Jordan, he's going to have the health and he's going to have Aaron Donald or, uh, you know, Aiden. amazing yeah. rookie, historic rookie-like production. Yeah, I, don't, I didn't even look up to see, you know, what the Saints record for rookie sacks is, but I imagine, you know, they don't have any players on this list. Oh, oh wait, no, Darren Howard. I believe Darren Howard would be the guy. Okay. 11 sacks, and that was 23 years ago. Yes, 23 years ago. Um, one thing that I think Bobby's not taking into consideration here either is how how much is Foskey going to be on the field? Exactly. And I almost think that if Foskey is on the field enough to have nine-plus sacks in his rookie season, that's probably a bad thing because it would mean that, you know, it, it would mean that he's having a really good rookie season, and that's great. <laughs> it would also mean that Peyton Turner is a non-factor. I was going to see either he's hurt again or he's another healthy scratch. Either way, you're right. Things have gone dramatically wrong. Yeah, right. Like, it would basically mean, like, he's out of the equation because nine sacks is a lot for, for a regular player, let alone, yeah. like, a guy in a rotation. So, I mean, because you're this rotation is going to be pretty steep. I, I imagine you won't – you're going to try to limit Cam's snaps to an extent. I don't think you're going to see him play 98% of the snaps like you have in some years but he's still going to play a lot of the snaps, probably going to play in the nineties, low 90% wise. Yeah. He and, won't let, he won't even let Dennis Allen take him off the field. We know that. No, I mean like it, it, they'll be lucky if they let him, if he lets them take him out for 10% of the snaps, but, uh, and then you're going to have Carl Granderson who I think they're going to want to have in that rotation. Absolutely. And then Tano Passanio and then Peyton Turner too, who I think you, you owe it to yourself to try to get him in a rhythm to try to get something out of him so that you can go into year four and have an idea. He's going to be a guy. They have to make a decision on that fifth year option. Like they, they picked up the fifth year option on Marcus Davenport. That's what he played this last season on. And it didn't work. It was not good. And he ended up going to Minnesota. Um, So like you really need to figure out this year, if Peyton Turner is going to be someone that you can actually count on. So if, you do that. If he is able to be out there and he is productive, then that in itself is going to make it very, very difficult for Isaiah to put up gaudy numbers. I mean, he could still be effective and put up four or five sacks this season, make a bunch of tackles, maybe be kind of that de facto spy on the quarterback playing contain a lot of the time, which I think is going to be a big part of his role when you're going up against mobile quarterbacks. You're going to put him in contain. And you're going to have him chase him around. He's not necessarily going to get sacks. He's going to get tackles. But that's something you really need. So, you know, I, I do think that you, I think the expectations on Foskey need to be tempered in the sense that, like, he doesn't need nine sacks to have a good rookie season. You need to, you need to be impressed with your eyes. You need to, you need to see it 
before the numbers start rolling in because I'd like to see Peyton Turner get a huge year three, right? I'd like to see him get nine sacks. That's what, that's the guy I want to see get nine sacks. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> because how many years does Cam Jordan have left? Right? Like you have Isaiah Foskey under contract for four more years, but you want to be able to say, man, Cam's going to retire. And then we can roll out Peyton Turner and Isaiah Foskey and have your two defensive ends under contract. Right? So that's kind of where I land on it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I'm hoping that Peyton Turner, I would I would agree. I would love to see nine, nine sacks from a Peyton Turner. For me, like initial rookie expectations for a guy like Foskey is more around the range of like, three and a half, four and a half sacks. And I, I, I guess after Bobby's predictions, that feels like super low. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, Bobby, you know, I think he's just, he's trying to pump the guy up. I do think, you know, when you're talking about a rookie getting a significant number of snaps, which I expect Foskey to be a big part of the rotation. The biggest thing you want from him is to not be a liability, right? Like you want him to be consistent. You want him to hold up against the run, which is, you know, I am a little concerned about the run part of his game. He, he needs to, like I need him to play contain well before he gets upfield and tries to take the head off of a quarterback. But but we'll see. You know, like Micah Parsons was a guy who you could probably look at and say, yeah, this if if you want to have really high expectations, that might be where you look. Um, just the athleticism that he can drop and 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 do a lot of things. But yeah, like like you said though before, who knows with the Cajun Cannons predictions. Because he was all over Mr. Andy Dalton being being this team's starting quarterback uh, during training camp. I do trust him more on the quarterback realm <laughs> than I do in the pass rush there, realm. Right? But we'll see. And and so and there's one other player that Bobby is gassing up to the point that he's about to explode. And uh, here here here's one of those clips. Processing speed. How do you process information like in and out of the huddle? The whole mental aspect of playing quarterback. Being accurate with the football, not the receivers open. It might be instant, uh, easy check down, but you're not throwing it behind him. You're not throwing his head. Hit him where he can get the yards after the catch. So you got to be accurate. Getting the ball out. I'm telling you, more than anything, the offensive line in National Football League, they love you and appreciate you if they get their ass whipped and you save them from giving up a sack. Something, you know, like, oh, the offensive line sucks. The offensive line sucks. No, the quarterback can make the offensive line be better by knowing where to check downs, how you get rid of the ball. And all of a sudden, they, they like, they want to fight for you. They want to block for you because you got there behind covered. Man, I got whooped that time, but you had my back. So that right there, that's why I think he's going to have success. His accuracy, 72% in completion rate. Uh, if you look at his senior year, and at Fresno State, okay, uh, how many linemen in Fresno State got uh, drafted? How many? Uh, who, who's protected him? Zero. He's making them all better. I'm telling you, him waiting in the wings. I don't know if he'll ever be an ultimate starter like Drew Brees, 
but he'll be that quarterback who's going to be a professional, is going to have a double-digit career, because I think he understands what it takes to be a winning quarterback. And, 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 and Derek Carr wants to mentor him. they homeboys. They're both from Fresno State. Like, I mean, you take care of your boy. Drew Brees likes it, all that. So I think the quarterback room right now, I'm not even talking about Jameis Winston. I don't even know. Jameis Winston is going to be the guy short term. But 2024 and beyond is Derek Carr, and it's going to be Hayner. He's keeping any, any little dig you can get in there about Jameis, Bobby's going to get it. When I, I started to have really bad flashbacks, though, when he talked about the quarterback holding on to the ball too long and, you know, hurting the O-line. That started making me think about Ian Book. Yeah, I do think he makes a good point in that, like, I think Ian Book, one of the biggest issues he had was he just didn't see things fast enough. And he didn't react fast enough. He didn't process things fast enough. And, I mean, I'm not going to say Jake Hayner is better because I haven't know, seen right? him. Right. Right. But you do get the the vibes around him and the offense he's coming out of and the, the amount he had to shoulder is significantly more um, than, than what Ian Book had to do at Notre Dame. It's just a fact. Yeah. You know, you're not getting five-star recruits. To, to, to Fresno State, you're not getting elite offensive linemen to Fresno State. I'm still, you know, the jury's still out, for me at least. Yeah, I mean, obviously, when you start throwing Drew Brees' name comparisons in there, and strictly really just because of height, you know, you kind of you kind of got to just slow your roll a little bit. I, I haven't even been to rookie minicamp. Yeah, and he, and he does uh, – he does – Bobby very much, very much does. And so he, Jake Kanner did idolize Drew Brees. He grew up wearing Drew Brees jerseys, which is bizarre. I don't think that's why the Saints brought him in. <laughs> like, I don't think that really made a huge impact, but I think he plays the way he does. Yes. Because he watched Drew Brees and because he kind of patterned his game after Drew. And you can see it when he's playing. You can, you know, if you didn't know any better, you would think this was just like a, like a Drew Brees clone running around. I mean, take that with a grain of salt, right? Because looking like a guy and playing like a guy at the NFL level are two different things. But I think when you're, when you're saying you're getting drawn to a player and you see him processing things the same way and you see him managing situations the same way and being clutch. And I think it gives you kind of flashbacks and you're like, okay, we can work with this. All that said, here is the, Here's the real Bobby take that we're gonna that we're gonna that we're gonna uh, go after here. I think we truly got uh, the second coming of Drew Brees. We talk about the intangibles. It is like what you want in an NFL uh, quarterback. The only reason why he was drafted where he was drafted because he's little, but Drew Brees is little. He has the moxie and the swagger to be an NFL quarterback. Moxie and swagger, not the at the second, combine. The second coming of Drew Brees. That's rough, right? Yeah, we should retire that one early. Can we not? Can we not do that? Like, that's not fair to him. Not that's at not all, That's not fair right. to Jake. Although, you know what? Like you mentioned, I've seen the clips and everything, him in the Breeze jersey. He probably loves that comparison, though. I don't think he does. I mean, I, I think that he, he, he wants to be – he wants it to be known that he's modeled his game after Drew Brees, and that's kind of who he looked up to. I don't think he wants to walk in the door – with people saying, oh, my God, it's another I Drew Brees. Do. Like, that's not what I would want to have to walk into. It's like, can you give me some time here? Can I learn the playbook before you start anointing me the next Drew Brees? Because, you know, like, I think he's going to be fine. I, but, like, 
His first step is being a backup. Can he even back up Derek Carr? Like, that's what you got to figure out first. Not whether he can be a pro Super Bowl Hall of Fame quarterback. Hayner's another one that had one of those Saints videos they posted. The background simply awestruck, drop your mouth amazing. And I was like, where are you broadcasting from? Because I want to be there. Did you see that that um, picture they put of uh, Jake Hayner in the Saints uh, jersey? In the Saints jersey? Yeah. Okay. So have you have you seen the movie We're the Millers? Yeah. Okay. the the kid The kid who pretends to be his son looks just like him. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Same guy. All right. That's it. That's all I got. Well, uh, you know, we, we'll be laughing all the way till whatever. If if the Cajun Cannon's right again. I hope he's right. Yeah, and we do have the second coming of Drew. I, I do understand, though. That's why, you know, with both clips, he kind of ex- expounded more on that second one where, you know, more of that decision-making, the completion percentage, you know, the accuracy, getting the ball out quick for his offensive line, explaining a little more of why he had that breeze comparison and which makes it a little more stomachable. But yeah, that's all I got. I'm looking forward to seeing all these guys. Rookie minicamp is going to be May 12th through the 14th. We're going to get access on the 14th, which is a Saturday. So mark that down. It's 10 days or 12 days from now. Um, It starts on the 12th, which is 10 days from now. We'll get access on the 14th, which is 12 days from now. Uh, So looking forward to that. We'll hear a lot from guys like Jake Hayner, from Isaiah Foskey, from Brian Brzee. The first time we see them all in action, and obviously all these UDFAs. So so that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, Kendrick Miller, I want to see what more comments he has after, you know, checking out the facility. And obviously he made big waves on WWL saying he's coming for that number one spot and want to see if – He's taking Deuce McAllister's heat at all and being like taking a little bit of a chill grasshopper. Well, I I don't anticipate we'll see him working. Still recovering? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, he might be working off to the side with trainers, but I don't think that he is completely back yet from that knee injury. Dennis Allen said they're going to start him off working with trainers. And I imagine, I mean, that's going to be the first go that he has. So you know, maybe OTAs, maybe mandatory minicamp, but I would be very surprised if we see him doing any real work at rookie minicamp beyond getting the playbook and kind of doing classroom stuff, like classroom stuff, classroom stuff. Like that's what uh, Rashid Shahid did last year. Like we saw him there. He wasn't working. So I think that's what we'll see with Kendry too, but um, we'll get it more into that. Next episode, I want to break down like the full UDFA class and really get into some of the background on some of these guys. So keep an eye out for that on Friday. Um, but otherwise, that's going to be it for Inside Black and Gold today. Steve, any any parting thoughts? No, looking forward to this weekend, too, just to get a break from the draft and try to yeah. do, instead of draft festing, jazz festing. You going to go? I'm hoping to, for sure. Also, I heard Jazz Fest could be renamed Line Fest this year because of the crowds and everyone complaining about the new you yeah, know, patch list like- stuff. Yeah, I heard it was better on Saturday than it okay. was on Friday because the Friday crowds were huge and that really overwhelmed everything. But it seems like they've got it sorted out, so hopefully that's the case. Anyway, all right. This is Inside Black and Gold. Make sure to subscribe. Tell your friends. Tell your mom. Tell your dads. No, they're not invited. Just mom. Just kidding. Only tell your dads. All right. Peace, y'all. Later. Later.